You're listening to CISO Secret Podcast, brought to you by Checkpoint. And now, welcome your host, Grant Asplund. Hey, welcome everyone, and thank you so very much for joining us on another episode of CISO Secrets. I'm Grant Asplund, and I am so excited today for our episode. This is a special one. And I just know you're going to absolutely love it. I'm not going to... The one thing I do want to shout out first and say, Jason Miller, founder and CEO of BitLift, thank you for the introduction to our next guest. So ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you just a little bit about joy. Uh, I mean, it, it would take me a long time to tell you the full history, but this woman is highly accomplished in the world of security and has a keen insight to a market segment that I know we all have a great deal of interest in, and that's the government. And so Joy Joy Purser is the CISO and founder of East by South Solutions. But most recently, and then the list just goes on, Regional Director for Cybersecurity at U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Uh, She has been uh, director data acquisition team at the Office of the Secretary of Defense with numerous other roles. She uh, has, I mean, this lady's accomplished. We're fortunate to have her. I'm going to try to squeeze as much time out of her as I can. And so with all of that joy, Purser, thank you very much. Welcome to the program. Hi, Grant. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is this is really exciting, and I'm excited because when I look through your background, Joy, I mean, the thing that's so intriguing to me is you're a strong woman in the midst of a very male-dominated industry, and it's not just the last year or two you've been doing this. It goes a while, so why don't you, it's always better to have you take us through Joy Purser's career and how you got to where you are today, and I'm sure we'll find many branches we can talk about. Sure, I'm glad to do that, Grant. And thanks for the kind introduction. Security has been foundational for me since I was a child. And I think that's why I've enjoyed so many years in a national security career. So as you said, I was the regional director at CISA, the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity Agency. And as regional director, I was responsible to integrate the physical and cybersecurity business lines um, for the eight-state southeastern region of the U.S. Before that, I had some experience at PricewaterhouseCoopers, where I helped Mm. to lead and facilitate enterprise risk management discussions for very large clients. And That's I germane. <laughs> I mean, just the whole the whole risk thing is obviously very germane to what we're living in. It today. absolutely is tied into security. Yeah. And um, before that, I was at the Pentagon for nine years, where mm. I was in an audit type function, where Department of Defense buys a large IT system, multi billion dollar IT system. How is that going to be acquired and developed? and deployed throughout the department. And when you consider the scale of DOD, it's a very large, large organization, very complex. And so early, early in my career, I worked on the Hill. So I've had a lot of different experiences, 
And promoting innovation and technology has always been a central thread through those experiences. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so you, you, you mentioned at the beginning kind of security has always been a center point even as a kid. What did you mean by that growing up? I mean, was there more to that? Yes. When I was a child growing up in a small town in Georgia, there was a time where we lacked security, financial security. And I didn't realize it until later in life, how important that was to me. And my parents are wonderful people and tried to really shield my sister and me from that, you know, from worries during that period. And you and I have talked right. about this. Yeah. And so it only occurred to me recently that that is a huge contributor as to why security, be it national security, financial security, cybersecurity is so important and meaningful to me, especially. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, context matters, doesn't it? It sure I, does. I mean, con context matters. I think, you know, uh, when you think about the cloud and security, boy, we've sure heard a lot about context. But in the terms you're talking about, I think you're spot on. I think sometimes we forget the multifacets of security. It's not just uh, a fence around your yard, right? So that's a that's an interesting uh, perspective. So, so I'm I'm curious. Regional director at Homeland Security, uh, talk a little bit about what you had to go through. This was like fairly recent, just a couple of years ago. I mean, we've got, there were some pretty significant breaches, I think, in your tenure, yes. no? Uh, not yes. maybe uh, directly uh, to your particular office, but maybe you could talk a little bit sure. about the dynamics of that period. Sure. So this was a couple of years ago. Congress created senior executive positions, one for each of the 10 regions in the United States for Department of Homeland Security's cyber agency. I applied and, and won the senior executive role as regional director. And it was my job to stand up the field operations for cybersecurity for Homeland. Wow. And just like many government agencies, Department of Homeland Security is an amalgam of many different programs, right? Right. And a lot of people don't know this, but CISA also contains the bread and butter physical security advisors who are spread all over the country. And they go about and help businesses also increase their resiliency for physical security. So when you think mm. about large gatherings, giant football yep. games or the Super Bowl, where thousands of people gather, um, our CISA's cybersecurity and physical security advisors would actually go to the stadium in advance and do tabletop exercises or live scale exercises and just deliver advice on, have you thought about this gate here? Um, maybe you should have a double lock on this particular gate or mm -hmm. maybe see the second order impacts of what a hurricane or storm, if it knocks out an oxygen generating facility that has to actually do with purifying water and mm -hmm. how that would affect a community. So these people are have enormous skills in terms of understanding risk. So what if? My, my experience at PricewaterhouseCoopers in leading risk really played into being able to lead those teams. 
Yeah, so so under your purview was not just cyber security, but it also involved the physical security. Yeah, that's right. And I want to bring up culture here. And I know it's mm. been discussed before on your podcast. And many of the people that you've interviewed, Grant, talk about being able to relate to the people that you're leading, especially yeah. in cybersecurity, because it's really important to bring people along and yeah. to persuade teams to be able to implement and deploy some of these cyber measures. So the physical security staff, many of them had former careers in law enforcement. So that is mm. a really different culture than the cybersecurity staff. And you can imagine they, you know, grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons in their parents' basement. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just really different. But the physical security staff at Homeland they had deep relationships already throughout the region, but the cyber staff were new. So it was right. part of my job to help the two groups work together, closely together, mm, so that mm. the physical security staff could literally open doors for the cyber staff to right. help partners ensure election resilience, um, mm. defense for critical infrastructure all over the nation. Mm. Mm, that's that's huge. And boy, I can I mean, I think about culture clashes. Right. I mean, the diff the juxtaposition between the 20 year uh, police officer, law enforcement officer and the I've been in cyber for eight years whiz, uh, Right. I mean, that's a different uh, environment bringing those together. That's that's had to have been a challenge, but I bet it was fun. Did you come up with any. Was there like anything that was just really successful on uh, bringing them together that you can uh, think about? Like any Absolutely. Program or anything? Absolutely. Yes. I'll give you a quick example. Okay. So there's a county near Savannah, Georgia. And you remember the Ahmad, Ahmad Arbery case uh, happened, right. <clears throat> was tried there. And so our physical security advisors had a great relationship with Chatham County and um, had talked with them about the possibility for civil unrest around the time of right. the trial and its determination. Well, because of the relationships with CISA's physical security advisors and the trust built with the county, um, the county was willing for our cybersecurity advisor to travel there and ask them a litany of questions to help ensure a more robust mm. security posture for the IT systems in case they were hacktivists. You probably right, heard this term, right, hacktivist, right. people sure who hack have. in into systems out of sure. malice because of civil unrest. So yeah. I consider that a win. We were able, CISA was able to improve the resilience and, you know, find something that was patched in advance and better protect yeah. the county ahead of that trial. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, we're very familiar uh, with hacktivists and the nefarious activity of nation states and I mean, that we've got an entire organization, Checkpoint Research, that is very active. And it's remarkable the information they find and, and uh, surface and in, uh, uncover. Uh, one of the things that I know they've added detail to, and I think I saw it on the notes, um, was the Colonial Pipeline. Was Were you in that role at the same time that occurred? How, how did that all go down? Yes. I had been in the role for about three months when Colonial Ooh. Pipeline happened. And 
thank goodness our cybersecurity advisors at CISA had good relationships with Colonial. There was some confusion, as there are with all major cyber incidents, about mm -hmm. who Colonial should reach out to. Colonial's lawyers were saying, don't talk to anyone. And, right. you know, the more I talk to other CISOs, Grant, the more I understand that this is a very common phenomenon of a cyber incident happens and a company knows that they need to report something and every minute that passes is more insurance liability or more risk, mm -hmm. more potential damage. And so right. as, as a result of that, CISA's cybersecurity advisors in the Southeast initiated an effort to work with large companies to determine who the different business units in the federal government needed to know so that they right. could prepare in advance and not have such yep. a fog of war. A cyber hotline, so to speak, right? The, yes. the, the bat phone when it's an emergency <laughs> uh, or you need to report it. Well, I mean, with yes. the recent, recent legislation and executive orders, you know, there's a greater responsibility now on these corporations in a variety of industries to report. Uh, uh, a known incident, and then also if they've paid ransomware, is they're supposed to pay. I think it's with their uh, report within 24 hours, right? That's right. So, were you in your, that role as some of that legislation was coming to pass? I mean, the dates look fairly close. Yes, yes, I was. So I was leading the field operation at the time that that law passed. And with many, with many sweeping laws like that, there is a rulemaking period in which the Congress gives the agency some time to seek advice and engage with industry and those who would be subject to you know, those actions once, right. once ransomware happens. So right. I believe that industry is still engaged in providing feedback on how that will impact them and, you know, the regulatory environment for a lot of industries, especially financial services, is super complex. And they, oh. <laughs> banks and transaction companies have to have an entire division for regulation mm, and compliance, compliance just to yeah. keep a handle on all of it. No, I, it, it's remarkable. GRC, right? I mean, it is yes. a, a, a full-on... A department, a large amount of people, a large amount of eyeballs focused on it. And you're right. Uh, it's pretty big deal. It is. Uh, and it's, you know, it's interesting because I think you know, when you speak of the financial industry, they've had probably, I mean, they're the, seemingly the longest that have had to deal with regulation, compliance, governance, right? Our money. I can't think of a, another industry, maybe energy or power or something. Um, but now as cyber has literally become the, the juggler vein for every corporation in the world, right? <clears throat> Governance and, and, and compliance is much more important because I touch you and you touch me. I mean, literally in, in the cyber world. That's right. I mean, it's a different kind of responsibility, I think, for companies, and I don't know how many of them are really <clears throat> adequately prepared uh, to, like you said, know even who to report to, right? Yeah. Uh, that's gotta... Here's Joy Purser's opinion, Grant. 
If anybody tells okay. you that they they under, fully understand the entire regulatory environment and all regulations for a particular business, don't believe them. Yeah. Back <laughs> away from the car. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Just too complicated. And, yeah, and it's yeah. a risk to the business, right? I mean, having to pay, yeah. pay a fine because you're two hours late in reporting that you paid ransomware, that's costly to a business. Yeah, so no it's just kidding. another and element of the risk environment. That's right. Speaking of fines, I just saw Meta got hit with a, I don't know, $230 million fine uh, from GDPR in Europe. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's got a sting, uh, you know, despite the fact they've got billions. I mean, no company likes to pay out millions um, when they when they have violations. And I think we're going to see more and more of those coming uh, as so how long is this period go and then will we be notified we being the population that hey we've done all of our diligence and asked our questions now watch out you better uh, have your seatbelt on I mean what how does what's the process Grant I sure hope so of course I can't speak on behalf of the government but I hope that there will be some official notice that that the law is in effect, that the rulemaking is over. It will probably make news because it will it will affect a lot of industries. Absolutely. So a couple of things I want to try to get to before I have to let you go. Uh, one of them is um, you talked a little bit. Well, before I go there, I want to talk about your company today because East by South Solutions, talk about what you do Talk about how you're applying all this fabulous experience in the government in this organization. Well, thanks for asking. Yes, East by South Solutions was launched by me in March of this year. And I do have a partner in the business. And we primarily provide advisory services. Um, I also coach. I'm a professional coach for people who are making a career change, maybe they want to identify their calling and they have a lot of valuable experience, but they just want to be compensated for it and they want to do things that they love. So I can mm -hmm. help people discover what are their strengths and marry that up in the Venn diagram with their passions and their skills and experience to help identify their calling. So I've been doing wow. a good bit of that. I'm also experienced in risk advisory and knowing how to approach the government. I had a conversation with an old colleague yesterday on knowing how to approach the government on uh, training in cybersecurity because there's mm -hmm. a tremendous need for that. Um, the government has a lot of restrictions in terms of doing business with the federal government. There's a whole acquisition process. There, there are ways to be able to determine what the government is going to need. There are websites where the government puts forth a request for proposals. There are different yeah. types of contracts that the government will let. So I use all of that knowledge um, to advise with the consulting firm. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know just from experience, the amount of information that is held within the government and available to you and I is enormous. It's just knowing where to get it and how to find it. And many companies 
you know, navigate those waters so efficiently, whether it's trademarks or patents or, you know, some of these other uh, where you're very deeply involved with multiple government agencies. Yes. Um, it's, it, 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 it's a need because it's such a behemoth and it's certainly not getting any smaller, right? I mean, it just seems like yes. it's, you know, there's more and more. So yeah, but you know, I, go ahead. Oh, go, nope, you. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I was, I, I did Grant look at some of the other podcasts that you recorded. You have recorded, I think I'm the 11th woman in the past year and a half that you have I done a so, podcast yeah. with. And I just love it. And I want to commend you for doing that. Uh, and there have been. I, I, listen, I cannot take all of the credit. <laughs> the entire season three was dedicated to uh, women. Uh, yeah. So that and and I, I mean, I have the I I'm the I'm the benefactor of all of this. There's a hard team working to get guests on the program, and I just get to have the great chance of talking and learning <laughs> from the really smart people I talk to. So, but thank you, and I'll make sure yeah. I tell uh, Shy and Dana and the team uh, the well, same. Well, speaking of smart, you interviewed Lena Smart in January. And Love she was her. the woman who got a job at age 16. Yeah. And she has been Scotland. very... Scotland. That's it's, right. Isn't, uh, Scottish, and yeah. She, she's Great. been very I love because yes. of her curiosity. And who was it? Ann Johnson at Microsoft said that she Brilliant called herself woman. a technologist at heart. And yeah. she stated, you know, she's eager to learn. And I think in cybersecurity, it's of critical importance to be curious and to be eager yeah. to learn because the best security people have a checkered past. They have a multifaceted experience and they're problem solvers. I think yeah. that's really the most important element of being a cybersecurity leader and being good at your craft. Totally agree. And I'll give you, an, I just was talking about this very example two days ago. On one uh, episode, I had the pleasure of having Thomas Tursik. Who's yes. Thomas? He's the CISO of Deutsche Telekom. Yes. Uber smart practitioner. I mean, this guy was deep in it and has been for a long time, uber bright, but also possessed all of the qualities you spoke about. The episode you're gonna hear, uh, I believe it's the 8th of December, Claire Rosso. She's the CISO at, or excuse me, the CEO at ISC Squared. Okay, awesome. So, so now what's fascinating about Claire is she has many, many years in the accounting industry and mm -hmm. um, take and, and pulling together, uh, collect, you know, federations, collections, organizations within accounting, very similar to what she's doing within cybersecurity and training. And so certifications and all of the like in accounting, yeah. she did for many, many years. And I, but she's really, she would tell you herself, she's not sat behind a keyboard uh, <laughs> for, you know, 20 years and, yeah. and oft and grept and all that, right? So yeah. what a juxtap, but perfect example of what you're saying. They both have just the keen capability of, managing all pulling it together seeing the risks identifying what really are the priorities and what to tackle first uh just really really interesting and it does speak to your point that checkered past avoids the myopic absolutely right? 
Yeah. And, and there, this is one of the most critical skills in cyber, certainly threat hunting. You know, I call it the what if. You you were talking about the physical security team members you had that went yeah. out that had really good. All I could think in my head is they were experts at looking at a situation and saying, yeah, but what if? Mm -hmm. What if the wind blows the door? What if somebody doesn't close the door and the cat nudges it it's open? It's those second and... order impacts that they're yeah. trying to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I think it's fascinating. Uh, and your example is exactly um, what I, and, and you're an, another example of that, I think, right? With hey, your accounting by the, background. And, by the so. way, tell Claire thanks for my CISP. I just got my certificate in the mail yesterday. Okay. Well, you can tell yourself. I'm sure she'll listen, but I will definitely pass it on. That's, I think that's awesome. You know, she's doing some really cool stuff. Um, and isn't it amazing? I mean, right now, has cyber ever been more critical, more important, more front of mind for the regular, normal business people? I and, don't think and so. And it's never been more of a threat. I mean, when you look at the cost of ransomware and how many yeah. hits there were just in the U.S. last year, I mean, it's just crazy. Remarkable. So the last thing I know, I've, I'm running up against my time limit with you, but I want to talk about one of the big challenges today is effectively presenting the case for why you really need to bolster your cyber security. Maybe you could talk a little bit about helping our sales team, right? <laughs> uh, uh, on how do I go talk to the managers, the directors, the executives, the boards, um, to, and, and really make them understand. I'm not uh, trying to say the sky is falling, I'm, I'm really trying to help you prepare for the risk that's uh, out there. What, what do you recommend? If you are a CISO and you're trying to make the case for investment in cybersecurity, you must first and foremost understand the business. And, and Julie you mean the Talbot, business, right? The business, Julie, not... Not not understand the, the nuts and bolts of cyber, but you mean no, understand no, no, no. the business. So Julie Talbert Hubbard at Octave yep. said, yep. you must know your assets. In other words, you have to know what is important for the business that you work in, the overall business. Mm -hmm. And because not all elements of the business have the same level of risk, they don't have the same threat environment, and yep. frankly, they're not worth the same. Some are, are crown jewels within the business and some elements, elements just aren't. And so right. when it comes to cybersecurity, there's not a one size fits all. So right. CISOs really need to avoid being the department of no. No, we're not gonna make this exception. No, we're not gonna do this. We need more money right. for this. This is a terrible reputation that CISOs are developing and a stereotype yep. they should try to avoid. And the way to avoid yep. it is to talk with the business leaders of cybersecurity as an enabler of the business. Here mm -hmm. are the things that you can avoid by uh, streamlining yep. these programs or systems. And so you really have yep. to talk about it in terms of the business interest. Mm -hmm. You know what I find so fascinating uh, as I've done this for a few years and how this pendulum swings. Yes. Because there was a period of time when 
that was, I, I really felt like that was the effort of the industry was to kind of shift to the positive. It enables this. A VPN enabled secure communications. This Wi-Fi and everything was enable, enable. Um, but I think it proved less effective on getting you, you the buyer, the customer, to move, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that sounds good, warm and fuzzy. Uh, it's sort of like, you know, I, I, but if I, you know, God forbid, you, this happens to you, you know, if you don't have this, this could, that unfortunately still today remains a, a more of a motivator to move. Yeah. Especially if you can attach dollar signs to the risk, yeah, right? Yeah. If and, you can say think, what the cost is. And I think, bleach. you know, your point, the word you just used right there, I think is really critical in the language we use when we talk about um, cyber threats, to put it in the context of risk, not in um, catastrophe, right? Mm -hmm. Not, oh, you're built, you're going to be out of business. I mean, the, you, you have to use words that really um, don't put it quite so much into the, your house is on fire. Uh, exactly. You know what I mean? It's, I, I think the language just uh, it can really make a big difference on how you talk about it with the board. Because, I, I mean, come on. If, if you give me the sky is falling, sometimes I'm going to push back at that too, right? Saying, come on. no, it isn't, right? I mean, they're, they're, yes. the response might not be the same. Yeah, a lot of cybersecurity leaders have had stints in risk, you know, in the risk division or department leading or facilitating enterprise risk for the business. So they know how to talk about whether the risk should be accepted if it's transferred, you know, to a third party. And the third right. party is very well aware of that. <laughs> that yeah. has to be very clear. Or if the risk needs to be mitigated somehow. And what are the options to do that and how much do they cost, including the operation and maintenance of the solution over time? Right, so it right, really right. is you have to be able to communicate that effectively based on your audience. Right. I've always said there's price and cost, right? Price yep. is what you pay. Cost is what you incur over the life and use of the product. And those right. are two different numbers, very, very yes. different numbers. So any... Uh, thoughts of wisdom or uh, things you want to kind of mention that you think is uh, are most frequently overlooked or maybe you've got some uh, comments for other ladies out there that have aspirations of uh, following a similar career. I mean, I always like to kind of sure. uh, wad it all up into a big ball and let you take it any way you want, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I have a lot of respect for the women that you have interviewed earlier and have nuggets that really resonated strongly with me that I would like to underscore, if that's all right. Yes, I think that's so, terrific. Thank you. Isabel Maria Gomez said, be yourself. And Joy Purser's version of that is to be authentic. Because mm -hmm. people can see if you truly care about your team and you want people to succeed. So no be doubt. authentic. Um, Anna Johnson at Microsoft be eager to learn, be a mm -hmm. lifelong learner. You know, I got a CISP mm -hmm. and I consider myself at mid-career and it was really tough to pass that exam and get the endorsement. Yeah, good for you, congratulations. But being a lifelong learner, I think is critical to being successful mm -hmm. 
in cybersecurity. Um, Lena Smart, continue to be curious. Curiosity is at the root and heart of problem solving. And really at the mm -hmm. end of the day, that's what cybersecurity is all about, it's problem solving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fabulous tonight. I personally appreciate you shouting those out. Uh, they've been fabulous. I mean, every one of these uh, interviews are terrific. I am so fortunate to be the guy on the other side that just gets to talk <laughs> to people. So I, I really enjoy it. And I've really enjoyed speaking with you and I appreciate Likewise. you taking so much time. Um, I wish you all the best. Maybe you Thank can you. Uh, shout out your company information again. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely, Grant. Thanks. You can check out East by South Solutions. Just go to www.eastbysouthsolutions.com. Okay. Terrific. Well, Joy, thank you very much. It's my really pleasure. great having you. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you this was going to be an awesome episode. I mean, <laughs> I just knew it, it would be. And I really thank you all for listening. We'll look forward to having you back on the next episode of CISO Secrets. And I hope you all have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and colleagues.